Father God, you are the God we serve tonight, Father Lord. Be your spirit upon us, Father God, Lord. Give your people, Father God, an understanding, heavenly wisdom from above, Father God. As Sister Charlie, give your words, Lord, give your wisdom in us, Father God, to share your word, Father. Thank you for the opportunity of life, Father God, tonight. Thank you for this time, Father God. Be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. When the people sings, holy. Do you really dissect the words of that song? You know, oftentimes we sing a song because it's part of the thing. You just sing a song. You know the words. But lately, I noticed that as you, for me personally, as I, my relationship with God develops, the words of the song mean something. And I also noticed that while I was going through storms in the past, someone was writing my song. So there are songs that is fitting for every situation. And it helps me to realize that I'm not alone. Because if somebody who doesn't know me can write a song that says, amazing grace who save a wretch like me, then that tells me that somebody else has been a wretch like me. So with that said, brothers and sisters, I want to say, Welcome to Wednesday night service. Thank you for, um, you know, putting God first tonight. We could be home watching, doing or whatever we normally do. But God has brought you here at a time as this for a, a reason. Amen. Now, if you're happy to be here, give God a praise. Amen. Give God a praise because... There are people right now who cannot give God a praise, and we have the opportunity to give God a praise because we're here. We're not on some life support right now. Yeah, we are, but not, you know, medically. Um, we're not underground right now. We have life, and with God, we can have it abundantly. Amen? Amen. Now, tonight, I was looking through the book of Ezekiel, because it's been troubling to my spirit that they're lost sheep. Have you ever felt lost as a Christian? You, you don't know why, but you feel lost. And I don't mean that you're out there doing worldly things that thou shall not. I mean that your time with God has been limited and it is disturbed and it is so much distraction that suddenly you find that you're not giving enough time to God. Have you ever felt that way as a Christian? If you have, say amen. amen. All right, for me, confession is good for the soul, right? So I am a workaholic. And my relationship with God sometimes seems like it's stronger between March and September. I noticed that. I have all the time during that time to meditate on his words, study on his words, but then here come my busy season of work, and then I notice that I have 
have to be like totally making an appointment to spend time with my God because I'm so exhausted. That can cause someone to be lost. Where you're not giving God is due. You're not. So tonight let's talk about, and you know, it, it's, it's troubling because there's so many of us that we, we want to, you know, be able to pay our bills and we want to be able to satisfy whatever obligations we have, but sometimes it gets in the way of our way of life with God because Christianity is a lifestyle. So when you find yourself um, being distracted, your lifestyle starts to change, if you know what I mean. Because when we're distracted trying to get that other deal or you're trying to, you know, make the boss happy or whatever, you lose sight of your maker and who is your source. But we can become lost due to lack of support at home as well. I know many people who have decided to follow Christ, whether it be through the Seventh-day Adventists, they decide to join that church, or the Jehovah Witness, they decide to join that church, Pentecostal, the Baptist, whatever denomination they decide to follow. And rather than, it's like a sales thing, you know? If you think back to it, if you try to sell Avon, everybody said, okay, I can't, uh, she's not gonna make it with Avon, no support. And it's usually the people closest to you. No support. Same thing with serving God. The minute you pick up the cross to follow Jesus, you get a lot of naysayers. And that can cause you to be a lost sheep. Because now you feel alone. The flock has gone ahead and you feel alone. Have you ever felt that way? That you're trying to be a good Christian, but there's no support at home. Your time with God is limited due to whether it be household chores or your career path. Things get in the way of our way of life every day. And remember, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's how we live. So when that happens, what do you think happens? Our foundation starts to get rocky, unsteady. So how do we combat some of that within ourselves? Because we cannot expect everyone is going to run to us. They did not run to Jesus, remember? They did not. They rejected him. So why do we feel we're any different? I remember um, growing up, first grandchild, I get a lot of support, a lot of love. I couldn't do anything wrong. So I grew up with that expectation. Yeah, it's what I'm used to. Love, affection, support, everybody believing in you. And then one day, you get married and the same thing happened. And then one day, it didn't happen. You become a lost sheep. You ask the question, why? The flock is gone. You're lost, you're in the wilderness by yourself. But thank God for Jesus, eh? Amen? Thank God for Jesus. So whatever it is that may have been an endurance in your way, just know you are that lost sheep, that one that he's looking for. That one. Do you remember the story? And I noticed that even with my mom, no matter what's going on with the five of us, she will leave the four to see what's going on with one. That is how our Heavenly Father works. 
we are a lost sheep and we no longer can see the flock of the shepherd. So when you're lost, the, the flock has gone ahead, the shepherd has gone ahead. What happened when people get lost? Lately I see when a child is kidnapped or uh, you know, a child cannot be found, there's an Amber Alert. Anybody here get Amber Alert? They send out the troops. The whole community know that the girl in the red shirt with the you know, pretty face with, you know, is lost. So we all now are looking. We're in the mall and we look at the Amber Alert and every child that we see that may resemble that description, we're looking to save that child. All right? So Amber Alert goes out to God's people. And I'll tell you how our Amber Alert works. A lot of time it's a sister or a brother that comes up to you and says, I haven't seen you in a while. Is everything okay? And you'll say, yeah, I've been battling with a little flu or something like that. Right away, the flock just come down on you and they start praying for you. One of the sister or the brother said, hey, Sister Charlene was battling with the flu and she's still not well, so let's pray for her. Isn't that what we do here at Covenant of Praise? Yes, we save the lost soul because iron sharpens iron. Now, we are God Almighty sheep, and he cares for us, not literally sheep, but, uh, you know, it's funny because they said, why do they call us sheep? Um, as a child, I didn't think the sheep were so smart. You know, they always stray. <laughs> Anybody know about sheep? Sheep always stray. I don't know why the Bible would use the term sheep. So I looked it up on Google, and, I, and the question is, why did God call us sheep? And it says, God compares us to sheep in the Bible because we need his protection. We need to stick together as fellow Christians. What does Jesus say about sheep? And it says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's in Matthew 9, 36. So you see why we're called sheep? It's not like what I thought. We need protection. So with that, let's turn our Bibles um, to Psalm 95, verse 5 and 7. If you find it and you are not shy, Rose can loan you her mic, you can read it for me. Psalm 95, verse 5 and 7. All right, so let me read. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. And seven said, for he is our God and we are the people of his pastor and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye shall hear his voice, harden not your heart. And, you know, protection is very important. Very, very important to all of us. We want to feel protected. And I'm just thankful that in every step of the way in my Bible study, in the messages that have been taught um, to me, that I learned how to be content 
that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I'm saying this to you. If you feel lost as a Christian, remember, he is with you because he calls you sheep. And he also calls you by name. So therefore, he knows you. You will not be found begging bread. Trust him. Trust him in all that you do. Sometimes we gotta turn our backs to the overtime. Sometimes we gotta turn our backs to the laundry. Um, sometimes we gotta turn our backs to the family situations that consume us through telephones. Why? Because we need to put him first. Because when we start to be distracted, we become lost sheep. And then we need protection again and again and again. And it's okay to need it. But let's always remember him. Now, each day God has proven to be our shepherd by his loving kindness of life on earth. This morning, I know somebody who will not wake up. And I'm thankful for today because he gave me life on earth today. I have a friend that's gone on. So I'm thankful for people don't realize it. The, you know, when they talk about the first fruit, I always talk, think about this, that it means maybe my tithe. It means maybe, you know, because believe me, back in the day as a young kid growing up, the first of everything, there was a special time of year where people would bring the best of the first and they would call it the harvest. Anybody ever remembers that? It's the harvest. You bring the best and you put it there and it was the way that it works. You know, you give God the best. Now, the first fruit is your thanks and your praise when you wake up. That moment with him. That is your first fruit. He wants to know that you're asking for his guidance today. You're thanking him that you made it through. Do you know when you sleep, you're basically in an unconscious state? And for you to come out of that and wake up and see the sunlight on earth, it's beautiful. It's thankful. It's mercy. It's grace. He prepares a table before us when he wakes us up. So with that strength and that life, you're able to go on. You see how he takes care of his sheep? Yes, he prepare a table before us. Once you give him the praise, you strengthen your relationship with him, he will protect you. There are people who do not have a table prepared before them because if you're not in the flock following the shepherd, there's a lot of things you're lacking. So you may have a table, but it's not prepared. It's not overflowing. So we need to know how we can be fed. And if you're lost and feel alone, let's go to Ezekiel 34, verse 11, 12. 34, 11 to 12. What does it say? It says that, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd, seek out the flock in the day that he is among his shepherds, 
that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of places, of, out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Because think about this, dark day. When a sheep is lost, nightfall came, right? That sheep is totally by himself, you know, <laughs> to the wonders of the field, you know, the lion, you know, because sheeps, as I said before, I usually think they're not smart people. So they need protection. So can you imagine a sheep lost and the darkness came? What happened in darkness? You hear all different kinds of animals. Can you imagine the fear that goes through that little animal? We are like that animal when we're lost. Because when we're lost and challenges come and we feel that there's nobody around to protect us, what do we do? Fear. So in Ezekiel, it is saying that just like the shepherd and the sheep, that's how our Heavenly Father is with us. Okay? God promises to protect us when we stray. If we ask, he will find us and he will nurture us back to him. How can we be sure of that? Because I have seen it physically in this church. We all bash our foot against a stone at some point or another. But I have seen where when one of us fall, for whatever reason it is, whether it's through losing a job and going down in a little bit of a, you know, I wouldn't say depression, but lost of train of thought, like I said, and you know, it keeps us from worshiping. Because um, you'll be worshiping okay, physically you're doing it, but you know within yourself that you still don't feel that connection. You're doing it, you're doing the ritual. I call it the ritual, it's, it's what expected. We come up and we pray, but we are broken, we're hurting, because something is going on. But once any one of us know that a sheep is herded in this congregation, we all jump into action. I have seen it so many times. I have seen restoration of our faith. Each of us have gone through something and I've seen how we were nurtured back by our brothers and sisters back into the strength of, of that strong relationship back again with God. Isn't that amazing? That, all right, I'm gonna tell you a story. When you have a friend and you, all right, there's, you know, you're single and you're doing your thing and you're doing your thing. And you're always with your girlfriends. You're always with your family. And then one day you meet a nice lad, you know, and you start to date. What happens? You really don't have time as much as you did with the friends and the family anymore. Now you have to split that time. And sometimes it comes off wrong to the friends and family who feel rejected or neglected. But with love, you now, with your partner who's supposed to be your nurturing person, he's gonna come and say, let's go visit them. You know, let's, I wanna know your sister that you talk about so much. I wanna meet your brother, you know? And these things nurture us back into the fold with the love that we have as a family and friend before we start dating. Has that ever happened? Nope. That's how God is. He will always give a spirit to someone to nurture us back to him. 
because we can only serve him and him alone. There is no other God but our true God, the one that wake us up, the one who sent his son to die on the cross. So if you're feeling lost, just know there is hope. Be not afraid, but know that God will rescue you in time of trouble. To God, a lost sheep is not a lost cause. It simply means that we are the other sheep and, and we hope to protect that one. So if you watch it, as I mentioned, so my mom has five of us, something happened to one. She forget the four and she's into the one. That's how God is. That's how, yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily favorite, but when you are a mother and are a, are a true God and you love your people, you will always see the hurting one over there. Through the whole thing, you see the hurting one. When I am in service, and I know my brothers and sisters, and if I see that one of my brothers or sisters do not worship the normal way they would, like some of us are dancers through the hall and through the hives, and some of us will scream hallelujah, and some of us will come up and, and start worshiping. And there are times when you don't see it. And you said, I didn't see Sister Marie, you know, she didn't see, we notice. So God give us those spirit of discernment so we can identify when one of us is, you know, a little bit under. So God really sees our heart. Now, protect, God protect the weak, the weak one. Do you ever notice that most of the disciples, men of old that has written the good book in the Old Testament, they all have a story. They all have a story. At some point, something happened before they, you know, God called them. Right now we're in the book of Hosiah, and it is a book that troubled me why God would let a good, faithful servant marry a prostitute. And, you know, when I started with the first chapter, I was like, wait a minute, God must be a comedian. Because this is a joke. Why would he do that? As I read further into the scriptures and I, um, with the, the Bible study group, and we dissect what's going on with this story, we realize that Goma, the prostitute wife, is what earth is today, is what the people of God is today. They have fallen short, they have become lost, they have become worldly, and so God is displeased, and <laughs> oh God, he take this good man and put him um, to marry this woman, and this is a clean man. So can you imagine what the community were saying about him? So as I dissected, I realized that God has a sense of humor. I realize that's where I get the comedy from, my father. <laughs> it's in my DNA because it is hilarious, right? So people, people, my brothers and sisters, whatever it is that is causing us to not draw closer to God, do not be like Goma, the Israel that God is trying to get the people saved. See, Goma represent Israel when they fall 
victim to worldly um, idols and stuff. And Uzziah, God still, even though, you know, his wife left him after marrying and our kids left him and go and step with other men and do all this stuff. That story is powerful. You should read it. And after she did, but it, it's symbolic. It's symbolic. It may be a story about a husband and wife how God uses one to, to bring about what he wants his message to be. But it is a really, really powerful story. So even after she married, and this man was disgraced by marrying somebody like that, and she still left him because her old ways catch up with her. Have you ever felt like sometimes, you know, your old ways catch up? It happens. We're not perfect. We're not, if, if we were perfect, there wouldn't be any reason for Jesus to have come down. Think about it. He wouldn't have to send his son if we were perfect. So I am the first to say I am a Christian in construction. Okay? A lot of little mending needs to be done sometime. We had to knock out a big part of my head, and, you know. So anyway, with the story, the people were just ungrateful. They were just not worshiping God. They started to worship other things and doing the work and stuff. And she, being Goma, who is the people, God said, go back and claim your wife. Imagine she left him again, go back to her own ways, but he sent a servant back for his wife, and he picked her up again after more men have been with her. You see the kind of God that we have? He doesn't look down on us as people do. He loves us. And he will send somebody to find you and save you. Yes, he used people. A lot of people don't think that miracles happen. It still happened. God still speaks to some of us. He still gives us discernment to find the lost sheep. So with that, I am saying, who do you know that you think may be lost? Is it a brother, a sister, a family member, a friend? Have you listened to the story of a co-worker and felt like they are lost? Because at some point or another, we all hear about God. We all know God. Amen? Amen. What happens with us is that, do you know chicken can be cooked many ways? So is the word of God. When people fed you the word of God, it's how they fed people sometimes that caused them to either come closer to God or, whoa, back off of God. So think about it. I've seen where there are cults and there are different things that happen with the word of God. So think about the people that you meet each day and see where God will allow you to find them. We have to get the gospel out. We have to save each other. It, it is not an asking. It is a command. Jesus wants us to do that. If you love your neighbor as yourself, find them. And I don't mean figuratively or symbolically, the neighbor next door. Everybody is your neighbor. Now, the Father expects us as Christians to walk in integrity and 
the Bible studies that we have Sunday and Saturday, what it is, it's a higher sharpening iron kind of tool. But when we sharpen each other's tools, like my grandmother had a machete, both sides were sharpened. Yeah, just in case. Just in case, she had a shop. The robber comes, she's ready. So as we sharpen each other as Christians, as believers, and walking in the integrity of his holy name, now we must reach out and touch. You see, if Christianity is a lifestyle that we can't sit in this church, it, it, we started it and we get discouraged, of course we're human, because when we go to talk to people, just to give them a kind word, because we know everybody's busy, like I said initially, and we're busy with life. People don't want, they're not receptive to hearing about God. They're not receptive for five seconds to let me say to you, here is a trap, and our service starts at 10.30. Nobody wants to hear that, but guess what? We, as Christians, we as children, as the children of God, we need to press on. We cannot be discouraged because that is what the enemy wants. He wants the lost sheep to stay out there, and we are not doing good by sharpening each other's iron. The sharpening of the iron that we do is to and it is to cause us to be equipped to go out there and seek souls for the Lord. It's not just to keep us to, for, to prepare on our table alone. It is a distribution method. We need to get out there. We need to pray hard for it because there's lost sheep. There are people like me, like you, who have fallen short of glory for one reason or another, and believe me, it's not intentional. Because the enemy would want us to judge people. But we know what the enemy is like. He will put our weak things in front of us and he'll use our weak things like, for instance, what people, it's their children. And once something happened with their children, their focus is on the child. And they forget about God. You see how the enemy plays the game? So let's get together and find lost sheep. As soon as we sharpen each other, let's figure out a way. Ask God to give you the opportunity that we will be able to find someone for him. Yeah. Now let's take a look at Ezekiel 12, 34, 12. Thirty-four, twelve. You know, it's funny because when I was a child, church didn't have an end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just went on and on and on. That's how sweet the glory of God used to be. People now, they put a timeline on it. Like I said again, life gets in the way. The bills, the this, the that. So you have to be on a move. As a shepherd, 12 says, 34, 12, as a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. So 3412 comes back again to say that. He's seeking us. He's seeking us. Brother Chris, I know um, you're looking at it. Um, let's go down to read 13 and 14. Um, So 34, 12, 13, and 14, we're going to read that, you know, continuous. 
I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon mountains of Israel. So you see, God has a plan. So when he finds us, he has big plans for us. He's going to restore us. He's going to make us into a light that others will see and come to him because that is his intention. God didn't create us just so that we can run wild and have a good time. No, he created us for his glory. Also, in closing, I know you're all saying, yeah, finally. Okay. <laughs> also, in closing, anyone that is lost, you know, we should really spend some time to help them. I recognize that um, sometimes people don't want to, we're prideful, and we don't want to tell you what's going on. But I can tell people this from being in this church. When I was walking past here, I just closed down my business. I was financially drained. I felt lost. I didn't know what to do because now I have a lease for my the, the, the business that I must pay every month. And I closed the business. So where is the source? How am I going to do it? I lost a lot of money. This used to be Calvary Chapel. So, of course, I know it's here. One night, out of the blue, I'm walking by. And I'm like, because I walk all the way around Rock Island, back to Sample. I'm trying to lose weight, you know, trying to get the Beyonce body going. So, <laughs> so as I was walking, I saw the sign says, Covenant of Praise, Broken Jesus Mends. Do you know I walked that night, Broken Jesus Mends. And as I start to talk to the Lord, I start to cry. The Sunday I found myself in this church worshiping. When I walked in, I felt like I died and went to heaven. At the time, this church had a lot of people. Since COVID, many people moved away and you know, people moved closer to their families, so we're a little bit scared here right now. But when I walked in this church, there were so many people and they were all opening their arms and just hugging me and said, oh, welcome. And, and this one was taking me over to that one. And, uh, her name is Charlene. Da, 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 da. And I felt like, wait a minute. I've never been in a church where people are this warm and fuzzy. Did I just die? Is this real? Yeah, because usually church, there's something about church sometimes you walk in. And just to get a smile, everybody seems to be so holy, ghost filled up, they don't even want to smile. But I walked in here, and the Spirit of the Lord has been here with me since. I have, I have to say this because, you know, I'm a favorite child of God. He walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own. So when I walk through the door, I have high expectation. Amen? Do you have high expectation if you're feeling any kind of loss that he will restore, he will fill your table? He is your God, my God, and the only true God. All right, so with that, and ye my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. You see, Psalm 34, 31. See, 
He said, they're my flock, and I am their God. What a comforting thing. Now, it's okay to feel lost, but you will be found. Amen. Never leave you or forsake you. And as always, and since my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Now, Father God, we just thank you tonight that we had the opportunity to hear your voice, hear your word. Father, if there's anything in our spirit that causes us to be lost, we ask you, Father God, to remove it. Send an angel, Lord. Send somebody to reach out and touch. Father, give us the courage to walk as Jesus did and seek souls for you. If we have the power and the authority as given in us to let the blind see, heal the sick. Give us the courage, Lord. Let us not be discouraged because there are lost sheep waiting for us because you want to bring us into your fold. Father, we thank you and we ask you, Lord, that at this very moment, we're going to ask for a special prayer on our pastor. Father, we see the great things you're doing in his life. We see how... He struggles with his medical condition, but Lord, we see more than that. No attack is bigger than your blessing and your healing. So Father, we thank you for all that you're doing, the healing and touching of his body, because he has work to be done for you, Lord. He is a shepherd and they're more lost sheep, and you want us to bring them in so he can shepherd them. Father, I pray for each and every one of us here today. Lord, whatever your goal is for us, let it be done in your name. Whatever our desires are, Lord, according to your riches and glory, let it be. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.